guys. Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. I'm Jay. We have a really great episode here. We actually are talking. Chris, you did like a ton of investigative reporting. Here I did. This I, week. I felt like I worked for CBS News or something. You really this week. dug. So into I this. really dug into AB eighteen twenty four, which is the the new exhaust law, the change to the existing exhaust law in California. So I really went through, dug deep. I've got clips from. Uh, California Highway Patrol. I've got clips from assemblymen in uh, in California that were uh, the chairs of the budget committee. I've right, got right. I've got Jeremy, who is in the guy that started the petition in the first place, and I've got all kinds of clips and and investigative stuff that I did, and some funny things that I found. Yeah. So if this is news to you, there was a big deal that went viral online this week, actually just a couple of days ago, that basically. The Highway Patrol in California is pulling people over because their exhausts are too loud and giving them thousand dollar tickets right and left. Yep, that's the that's the kind of the impetus for right. for all of this. So um, before we get into that, I want to just remind everybody to get, hop on over to Patreon.com slash Overcrest. So I change it up a little bit. Now we have exclusive content. That's gonna yes. this is gonna be our first month for exclusive content. So you get that at the at tier $5. You get access to our exclusive content. It'll awesome. be there for you. I'm not sure exactly what. I've got something in the works and sure. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, I, I If that doesn't work out, I'll have something else for everybody, but it's going to be great. I can't wait to have something just for you guys and uh, if you're interested in doing that and seeing it, hearing it, head on over to patreon.com slash overcrest. So we're going to have Jeremy on and he's the one that started the petition that was kind of uh, kicked all of this off, which has almost 200,000 views as of tonight. Wow. Yeah. So we're going to get him on the line and uh, see how things go. We'll be right back. Jeremy, how's it going, man? It's going. It's going. Oh, it's great to have you on the podcast. We had uh, we had just started getting going, but uh, interrupted just for you. And you know, I'm happy that you're here and I can't wait to talk to you about you know everything that you've going on with the petition. Mm-hmm. Why don't you uh, give us a little bit of a heads up on how everything kind of started with you and the petition over at change.org, kind of how you found out about this law to begin with and, you know, how things kind of kicked off. Um, so I, I'm in a car group. I'm a board member of a car group called Secret Society. Uh, I can't divulge too much on how to find that car group, but <laughs> we're basically uh, the secret. We're, yeah, it's basically literally a, a group of influential car enthusiasts ranging from law enforcement to social media guys. And uh, we caught wind of the uh, law at our Toys for Tots event. Okay. Um, so I verified it around Toys for Tots after, and I read it and it saw how ridiculous it was on its wording. So was this before that the notorious Instagram video even came out that you found out about this law? Yeah, this was before that video. Okay, so the pe- the petition precedes the California, or I'm sorry, the police officer video where he gives out the ticket. Yes. Okay, so did this petition kind of take off initially, or did, was that kind of what uh, ignited the firestorm? I think it was already taking off. It was already like up to I think like thirty thousand, and then that that video um, literally ignited the firestorm. So, what particularly about this law pushed you to start the petition in the first place? Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm very involved in the aftermarket automotive car show community. So I, I've been in this industry since 2004 during the days of like hot import nights when they were at their peak and a couple other car shows. I don't know if you're familiar with like Formula Drift, oh, but sure. um, when, when Formula Drift number two was happening, I was the main promoter for Los Angeles. Okay. So I've been in it a very long time, especially dealing with the aftermarket stuff. And I just found this law to be a direct attack upon our upon our subculture. 
Right. So is it something that you feel is um, what exactly is being attacked? I mean, are, is, are they trying to get rid of the aftermarket community? Are they trying to split up split up car groups and you know everything like that? Where is where is the attack coming from? Um, I think it was a unexplained um, attempt to attack the takeover guys. Um, and what is that exactly? Would, when you say takeover guys, what does that mean? Yeah, so for anyone that doesn't know what a takeover is, you could search it on YouTube, and it is a basically a road closure, an illegal road closure of car people, and not even car people. We're just talking people that cars, and they start doing donuts and a whole bunch of stupidity in the intersection while it's live. Okay, so this is basically it's completely illegal they tear up the street and is this like are these people part of any car culture or car community at all uh, they are not a part of car culture um some of them will argue that they're a part of car culture um but car culture throughout the years even in the lowrider community has been respectful and we walk the line I, you know i always say the car culture walks the line of the law because there are laws we have to follow um but we don't push it you know we we respect it we'll put it with a ticket every now and then for our tent or for maybe driving a little too fast but there's a mutual respect so that we could all enjoy the roads so when i interviewed uh the california highway patrol this is an interview that's gonna be on the podcast later they actually have a task force um that's been going and they have a school that they train the uh the highway patrol officers to profile and look for cars that are going to be doing things just like this um, does that affect into your, your thought at all? Yeah. So the funny thing is, is um, they can't possibly teach each and every officer exact how to even profile on what a takeover car is. Because you look at some of the videos, most of those cars are actually stock. They have no modifications done to them at all. Um, only thing they do is they change out the tires so that they could burn them up. So profiling, which is number one illegal, um, can't be done. So the only time they're comparing is they're basically looking at Fast and Furious, and that's what they go off of. Right. That's about I, – I, w- I would agree with some of that. I'm not sure the profiling is illegal. I mean, profiling people definitely is, but profiling cars, I'm not sure that, that, that that's necessarily illegal. Now, is there, what is your goal for this petition? What are you hoping is going to happen? Um, at this point – uh, we're fighting an uphill battle. So the petition has gone bigger than I expected. Um, I feel I still think it's growing. It's in its growing stages. But, you know, we, we still haven't had a lot of people chime in uh, because they're putting together legal responses. Um, I'm just a normal guy. I'm a normal I think it's at the point where... I think, I think we're losing you a little bit. Through- oh, there you are. Yeah. I think it's going to go to the point where we might not get this reversed, which I, we're going to fight for reversal, um, but we're definitely going to show the public that this law is petty. So I would hope that the judges would listen to the people and realize that when this ticket arrives in their courtroom, and about a money grab, and it's more about the spirit of the law and not the letter of the law. So what, what, what changes could be made to this law that would satisfy you and you think would be fair to the community? Because obviously there's got to be some sort of law in the books that you can't be running around neighborhoods with a straight pipe, right? I mean, that's common sense. Yeah. So what's kind of the, what's the common ground for you? Where would you like to be? So I think 
the best common laws to use. I believe it is Utah that has this law for the cell phones. Or it's actually, I might be Seattle. Sorry. In Seattle, you cannot get a cell phone ticket unless you're actually breaking a law, and that ticket is an add-on. So in other words, if I make, if I don't stop at a stop sign and I'm on my cell phone, they could add in that cell phone ticket. But if I'm completely obeying the law, I will not receive a cell phone ticket. So basically, if you're driving around with a louder exhaust, they're not going to pull you over for that. They're going to pull you over for running a stop sign and then ticket you for the exhaust mm-hmm. as an addendum to the original yeah. offense. Because right now what it seems like is, um, from what I can tell, is they're actually seeking people out for this specific thing to give out the tickets. Now, I've been I've been unable to verify the cost, the actual cost of this fine. It seems to be, from what I can tell, ranges anywhere from $200 to $1,000. Now, I'm not sure if it's a graduated offense, but have you heard for sure what the fine cost is? So I'm hearing I'm hearing from people it's ranging anywhere from two hundred dollars to a thousand dollars, also depending on how many times you receive the ticket. Um, but the other issue is, is that the officers, I think out of the fear, they're telling people it's a thousand dollars. Now, granted, people don't think of the bigger picture most of the time. If you have to take off time from work, if you have to go drive somewhere, if you have to put your car back to stock, that is money that is actually being invested into the process of a ticket. So it actually could be larger than just a thousand dollars, right? Because you have to go. The testing is like a hundred to one hundred fifty dollars right there, just to get tested at the the referee or whatever. That's not free. You don't get to go there and have them test your car for free. I think you have to pay for that, just like you would if you, yeah, just like if you would get a smog check there. It's not free. You have to pay for that. Um, so I also heard that you're setting up some sort of protest. Has there been any progress on that or anything you can update us on? Yes. So we started a fundraiser on Change.com. Um, this was that suggestion of a couple people. So again, I'm just listening to everyone because I am seriously just a normal car guy when it comes to these things. Uh, polit- I didn't expect to get involved on the political side. I was just the guy that was like, hey, this isn't right. Um, but we started a fundraiser. I think we're at $700. And we're, we're getting a little bit more speed on the fundraiser. And I just want to use that money to basically rent a location, pull the proper permit, get port bodies, of course, because that's needed, and hire some security and have a peaceful protest where the news is going to come out and the public could actually see that we're normal people. This affects car enthusiasts, and it also affects normal people. Sure, sure. Well, you know, I, one thing I was thinking about is what about the, the woman with the $700 Honda Civic that her muffler breaks on her way to work, and she mm-hmm. gets saddled with a even a $200 fine without a mandatory fine. Then by the time you test it and you get everything done, you pay the court fees, you're paying a $500 ticket minimum. And this it's it's mm-hmm. a hardship thing. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, cheaper cars out there that are loud. So it seems like even yeah. if you are even if you're not talking about street racing or car culture or anything like that, this is still a burden on society and it seems like it's just there to raise some money. So, well that's all the, all the questions I have for you. Is do you have anything else for us that you want to mention before I let you go? Oh uh, yeah, if you if you want to find the petition, you could search uh, California exhaust law, and it'll literally pop right up. It comes up on Google super quick. See change. You could also go to change.org and find the petition. Um, definitely would love everyone putting on input and be proactive on this. Even if you you shouldn't be proactive, you should be proactive because what's next at this point? You know, if we're not if we don't start standing up for ourselves and standing up for our society. 
it's just going to fall apart. Yeah, and you can do that by calling your representative. You know, find out who your representative is in your district and uh, get a hold of them. So, all right, man, I really appreciate you calling in, and we'll uh, talk to you later, and good luck with the with the petition. Thank you, and thank you for uh, giving me time. No problem. Take care, man. You too. Bye. So that was Jeremy. Now, he started the, posi- the petition. I thought he started it after the Instagram video was live, but it sounds like he started yeah, it before. So he obviously knew about it. He knew about it. But obviously that's what kind of set things off as people were at that. Because the cop in the in the video, which we I mean, might as well just play it. Um, we've got the clip here about what. So this is, let me rewind back a little bit because he we uh, we kind of interrupted our intro a little bit with the phone call. We, I wanted to make sure that we, that we took it. Um, so we had uh, California Exhaust Law AB 1824, Section 4, is the law that we're discussing. Now, what this law says is if, you, if your car makes over 95 decibels, you're supposed to pay a mandatory fine, which we don't know exactly what the mandatory mm-hmm. fine is yet, and then you have to go to a referee and get your car measured, and then you have to fix it, but you still have to pay the fine. Right. So that's basically it. So then this clip comes out and basically shakes things up quite a bit. Why don't you go ahead and play it? Here's the citation. You also need to take to a state referee and have them verify all the components on this motor and this exhaust system, okay? okay. There'll be some information on this citation. You'll also receive something in the mail. Okay. All right? It's no longer correctable in California. Okay. Any modification to exhaust, you shall go before a judge, and it's a $1,000 fine. Okay, I wasn't okay? aware of it. That changed last month due to okay. the takeovers and some of the street racing. I get so unfortunately, it. you're facing a thousand dollars, buddy, and we'll see you in court. Everything we do here is video cameraed. All right, you guys, be careful as you pull away. Okay. I recommend fixing it right away, and not continuing to, to drive. We're on a federal grant right now. So there's about a dozen of us working this. And we're going to be working this every weekend, okay. and two or three times during the week, sporadically. All because of the fatalities revol- involving cars similar to this. Okay. Not saying it was you guys, but you're driving one with the stuff. Get it fixed. Okay. Otherwise, thousand bucks every time. All right. All right, guys, be careful. So that's basically it. So that's what kind of set everybody off is they're they're mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, we're after you because of the takeovers and the street racing, right. and it's going to be a thousand dollar fine." And of course, ninety nine percent of the car guys are like, "Whoa, I don't street race. Right. I don't do these takeover things. They're going to charge me a thousand bucks. That's not fair, right?" Right, right. Absolutely. And then when you well, you'll explain it. But the limit that they're using this ninety five decibel is not yeah loud we'll get we'll get yeah (laughs) we'll get into that so his petition seems unreasonable it's basically the bottom line and then i saw the petition which now has 191,000 signatures wow that video has been viewed almost a hundred thousand times okay um i was not able to identify what police department he was from i thought it was the california highway patrol but it wasn't so what i did is i'm like all right i'm gonna not be too super biased okay and i'm gonna call the california highway patrol and talk to an officer and find out it. and dig into it and find out exactly what's going on. So I called in and I got a hold of Officer Leffler. So if you want to cue Officer Leffler up, um, you can hear me talking to him. It's not a correctable offense. You still are required to have it uh, corrected because you're giving a lawful order that your 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 exhaust is out of compliance. Um, so you are required to go get it fixed and remediated. But instead of being actually done through the court, will they'll allow you to show proof of that and dismiss the the, the bail and just charge the processing fee uh, dismissal charge. They just they're gonna it's just still gonna be a a full charge. That's if assuming you're found guilty if you go to court and take you to trial and all that kind of thing. So how is this being measured? How are we deciding if something is too loud or not? Um, we don't. It's, 
any officer can cite a uh, violation for the most part. We all, all not all of us, but are, many of us are trained um, in a street racing course, uh, either put on by our the CHP or by our allied agencies. Uh, they kind of go over what, what vehicles that are typically modified look like or modifications that are done on the outside, you can see. And then audibility-wise, um, just any unnecessary uh, loudness, if it seems too loud, it's, you know, an objective standard, I understand that, but, you know, being on the side of the road for a long time, you can kind of tell vehicles that have had modifications done to amplify their exhaust sound if it seems unnecessarily loud uh, and not stock in nature. Um, it's enough reason for an officer to come uh, stop the vehicle. So if you, Sorry, you, you receive training at, like, a street racing course that gives you... Mm -hmm. It gives, basically gives you the ability to, to what you consider profile the vehicles that are you know, that would be making this noise, and then you just it seems kind of arbitrary and ambiguous to me. Which part? Uh, it just seems like there should be like a decibel level, or you guys should have sort of some sort of meter or something like that. Otherwise, it just seems kind of subjective. Well. I mean, I, I understand your point there, um, but for the most part, the uh, decibel requirements and modification requirements to vehicles is pretty low, uh, so there's, typically there's not an issue of it being wrong. Uh, if it's done to a point with either <coughs> excessive noise or excessive exhaust coming out, it's usually done by the referee there, and they can tell, okay, yeah, this vehicle has not been done and not been completed. Pause so it just for a second. They, mm -hmm. So what confused me and what I don't like is that it's – He's saying that it's subjective. Like, they can go around, hey, we're trained. We can tell when something's loud. They pull you over, give you the ticket without a real way of measuring, without going, hmm, that sounds loud. Hmm, right. that looks like aftermarket exhaust. So they come, ticket you, and then send you to the referee. Right. And that referee then finds out if you are innocent or guilty of the crime. So this is guilty before being proven innocent, essentially. Good point. Right? So they're where, Yeah, and I'm curious, where does the fine come in then? You know what I mean? So if it's a mandatory $1,000 fine regardless, so if you're driving a stock car and they just thought it's too loud, right. right, and they give you this fine, now you have to go and get it tested. What if, oh, okay, this is actually under 95? Then, you, then I'm sure you get it wiped out. Okay. From, my, from my understanding from right. talking to people, then the, but the fine here's is, what's interesting. You still you have, have to, to pay, pay the $150 fee to get it tested at the referee. To, you still have to pay the test to get it done. That's so ridiculous. It's crazy. All right, go ahead. We may have lost our spot here. We did. It's not. It has some of the same concerns ourselves. You know, kind of not so much a fear, but of a, a caution in citing it. And we go to these guys that would the, would be the ones that would kind of correct it and look over it to, you know, do the final inspection and uh, say, "What are you guys seeing from us when we cite these? Are you seeing righteous violations? Are they wrong in nature? Are they fine?" And, and they were very clear in the fact that the, right. the decibel meter is pretty low. Um, the standards here, the law in California, being strict as it is, you, you're not really allowed to have that much noise. I said most of the time, if not all the time, they're in violation in some way or another. Um, so I'm pausing because I like how he admits it's like a very low bar. Right. So, yeah, he, so, I'm so he basically gets to just drive around, go, well, that car's loud, give him a ticket. And yeah, then, and, and he then, knows. And he fact. doesn't have to worry about it. He just no. sends it over to the referee, right. and the referee basically adjudicates the crime. Mm -hmm. Good point. I really want to push on some sort, because you say it's really low, so there must be some sort of number that's... There is. There is, yeah. And that's not hard to standard, uh, and we're not required to prove that we don't have any sort of roadside device. What they do is they go to this bar, uh, the Bureau of Automotive Repair, and there's referees, and there's you know, it's placed throughout the state, um, and these people have a decibel machine. They put the vehicle on a diagnostic, and they put it up on a... Do you know what a, that decibel uh, requirement is? 
I'm sorry, I don't. No, okay. I'm not familiar with what that is. Yeah, that's it's, it's uh, 95. Go and do mm-hmm. it and you have it done. So you're still allowed to have aftermarket exhaust in your car. It just can't be loud. Yeah, right? there are some modifications you can make as long as it's not some sort of deletion out of the muffler or you know uh, anything of that nature to uh, enhance the noise too too much. Um, I know there's certain requirements as far as uh, carb stickers if you're going to do anything to the engine um, and intakes as well that you have to have on it. As long as it's done right and it's legal, then yeah. Pause it a second. There, there is some... So here's another thing that he kind of lets slip here is he says, well, when it goes to the referee, they're going to look at the rest of the car too. Oh. So they inspect the rest so of the car. they can use this basically as a way to get you. They can inspect what you're. I, I looked at the, all the rules. There's tire yeah. depth rules. There's intake rules. Your, your intake has to be carb like compliant, yep. blah, blah, blah. So they'll look at your exhaust, but they're also going to look at everything else you have yeah. on and the car. Yeah, and fine you for everything. That I don't know, but I speculate it's... Or this is, maybe okay, it's wait, not wait, wait. a fine. So this is the only one that's a mandatory fine. You're right. You might have like a, hey, you need to fix this and come back. Right. So this is... But still, it's like the... Your example of like the old lady who has her, you know, beater Civic, you know, because it's all she can afford. Yep. She gets the exhaust ticket. Okay, but now you have to go in and they're going to require her to fix everything on that car. Yeah, so now that your exhaust is broken, but oh, guess what? You need a new cat too yep. because it doesn't meet emissions requirements. Right. And pretty soon you're saddled with all these repairs in a car that you can't even drive or fix. Go yeah, ahead. It can be done. So, How um, is this law yeah, being like, applied to things that aren't cars, such as motorcycles or trucks? The same. Yeah. That's the same. Okay. Yeah, it technically applies the same. And it, I think, from what I understand, this is by, by no means a um, a uh, known fact or from what I've just heard is, is some of the sentiment behind the law was actually created due in part to motorcycles. Um, I have to imagine there are stock motorcycles that are way over 95 decibels. Maybe, but you have to keep in mind that most Harleys don't come sounding like the typical Harley sound. Right. They are either they remove a part, like there's a part that you just take off as far as I know. You're a big I, Harley guy, aren't you? I yeah, I don't know any I don't know anything except that I do not yeah, like they do how they sound. Like slip on mufflers yeah, or anything so else. But I, I don't think they're loud from the factory, but I think they no, are made loud. Even like, I don't know, a stock Cummins diesel truck is louder than ninety five well, well, decibels. So I have a list of all the things that are around okay. ninety five. Okay. We're gonna, I'm gonna get I'm gonna keep going with this. Okay. Some complaints or something that was kind of reiterated from the motorcycles being so loud. So that's where the same thing applies. And I may obviously violate the decibel level constantly. So um, effectively, say if someone is uh, cited for this and they would like to contest the violation, say they don't think that's correct, they can still go to a bar uh, facility with a referee and have them test the decibel meter. And if they're proven to be underneath it or something, I guess they may be able to have a case to say, okay, this is fine. Uh, whether or not they changed it or not before they had the case, you know, that's, that's obviously up to you know, adjudication in the court. But he doesn't know. Well, that was the other thing he just gla- glossed over. Okay, I get this ticket. I'm going to quick put on my stock exhaust that I still have in my garage and then bring it in. Right. But that's considered, what, fraud then? or You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I would think that that would be... Maybe, I, you know what? I There's, for my muffler, for my car, there's little slip-ins that you can get. So oh, I, yeah. But I bet it's still louder than 95 decibels. I know. Yeah. Um, just a question about the street racing course that you guys threw. Can you t- Can you tell me a little bit about that course that you guys take? Uh, it's a voluntary course that uh, the uh, law enforcement is uh, qualified to put on. Uh, it's just basically a little bit about um, the, the sections we use for street racing, uh, things to look for, indicators as far as vehicles themselves, what they have on them that may be uh, indicative of uh, uh, 
you know, street racing or that, that type of gathering and also uh, where they do it and then ways to enforce it and also, you know, kind of the sections that apply to the bystanders. And What do you guys uh, consider some of the visual triggers for considering what's considered a street racer <laughs> and what's not? It just depends on the, the current time. Sometimes there's different things on there. There's, you know, as far as sometimes there's certain time of day like at 5 p.m we, we have different like different levels like at 5 p.m i'll pull somebody over with a spoiler but at two in the morning i pull over pull people over with a taller spoiler oh sure yeah, yeah and, okay, okay. and all these other things he's about to mention go ahead stickers that uh you know you can tell stickers. they're you know commonly known as and this, this is just a general sense from the course you know, there's uh certain tow hooks in certain places that you know, usually indicate a certain things hanging from a mirror uh things hanging from your mirror the vehicle of the the uh, proximity to the ground, whether it's lower, you know, something like that. Uh, the rims, the, the wheels themselves, you know, um, there's just little things that, you know, that they say, you know, can be indicative of people that are going to be doing that. Um, and some of those, they talk about the equipment violations that people have um, when you stop them. If you're, you know, find yourself upon a, you know, vehicles in that type of, you know, uh, sideshow or street race, and you can, sure, you know, sure. better understand the, vehicle, the equipment violations that the cars have on them. So I don't know if you've seen the video that's been floating let's just, on the let's, We're done. A, we're done with yeah. Officer Leffler. I don't remember what else he has to say, but I'm all, I'm all done. So thank, thanks, Officer Leffler, for coming on and, and, and listing all that stuff off for us. Now, what I think is funny is that stickers, tow hooks, and proximity to the ground. Proximity and, and, to the ground. And things, I love that. And things hanging from your mirror. Yes. I wonder what things are and hanging. wheels. Wheels. Yep. Rims. I like that he said rims and then correct himself with wheels. He might actually be a car guy. Because non-car people would never know would that. say rims all the time, yeah. But car people know say wheels. wheels, yeah. So maybe he's got exactly. a little bit of an in. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Proximity to the ground. Maybe he's just trying to what sound if he official. Was, what if he right? would have said slammed? Of cars that are slammed. <laughs> and, and uh... <laughs> I would have liked that. Yeah, that would have been that would have been pretty good. He so, should have just been real with us and been like, if the car looks like it's trying to be in Fast and the Furious, we're gonna pull it over. Right. So this this used to be correctable. It was twenty five dollars. Okay, and then so you would go they, in. Well, here's here's what's so frustrating. This was already a law on the books, right? Right, but this it hasn't wasn't changed. But it was yes, it, it hadn't changed. But they wanted to try and make it more enforceable. They wanted to enforce it. They wanted to affect change. Yes. In, in this okay. realm. So basically, it used to be twenty five dollars. So they'd pull you over. Your car is loud, sir. Twenty five dollars, and you need to fix it. Yep. That's it. And then you had to prove that you fixed it to the referee. Right. So it probably ended up costing you. You have to have it tested once I or twice. I did that once. What did I do? There was. I got a fix-it ticket once. It's probably for a headlight being out or a brake light being out or something yeah, like that. It might have been. I don't remember. Yeah. Or your, your clutch being burned out from pushing your boat It wasn't across. recently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I've. So we think it's somewhere between $200 and $1,000. I called. I called. The BAR. So the reason you had to dig into this is no one knew. No one knows. So I called the BAR, which is the, the place that does the... The Bureau of Automotive... I don't remember. Something. The BAR. Yeah. And uh, I've got a clip that I called them. We'll get into that later. Okay. Um, I've got called the, the California Highway Patrol. I called their media office, and I called four or five separate um, locations, separate uh, oh, wow. like police office, the offices. Sure. Trying to find someone that who knew knows? who knows. The California Highway Patrol said call the Judiciary Committee. The Judiciary Committee said call the BAR. The BAR said call the California Highway Patrol. The California <laughs> Highway Patrol said call someone else. So nobody actually knows. So what are they writing on their ticket? They don't. So here's the deal: the 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 fines aren't written on the ticket oh. because it's up to the court. So I did find on Reddit that the Judicial Council of California's uniform bail and penalty schedules for 2019. The suggested base fine for the first conviction is $25 with a total fee of $193. But I don't know if that's right or not. I couldn't really. I actually right. pulled up the 
uh, the uniform the bail and penalty. I couldn't find anything. Um, so I went through and I found these are some other things okay. that you can be penalized for in the state of California and how much they cost. Okay. So I'll just, you just guess what you Ooh, think. Okay. We're you gonna, can we're just gonna guess. play prices right of crime. Prices. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So knowingly per, knowingly permit the transportation of radioactive materials <laughs> without a required license. What do you think the the fine is for that? I don't know. That has to be terrible. It so are we talking like just fine or also like prison it's, time? It's driving around in your, in your car with a briefcase full of uranium. That can't be good. <laughs> I don't know. Like if, if five grand. Five grand. That's right. Oh, Very wow, good. Okay. Five grand. That's it. You think that would be like fifty thousand dollars if you're gonna drive around with a dirty bomb and you, but i suppose then you get tied to terrorism charges too right? yeah i'm sure they can escalate that all right next want. engage in the business of installing exhaust systems with a whistle tip <laughs> so this is for the shop that's installing the whistle tip the shop Make that's your car go, woo, woo, woo. yeah that's exactly right what do you think what oh you geez here? so you're the shop doing it that has to be probably right around five grand too it's a thousand bucks okay thousand bucks all right failure of a licensed renderer which is like a, a cook Do you or a chef or something like that, to keep written records of inedible kitchen grease. Wait, okay, so you're like fryer grease. You're fryer grease. If you're not keeping records of this, this, really? is, this is the fine. I had no idea that was even a thing, so you, I'm going to say like $50. Yeah, you... $1,000. Okay. You're, you're, you're way off on that one. All right. <laughs> Fleeing a police officer. Okay. Reckless driving with disregard for safety. That's all the same thing. It's uh, this is fleeing the peace the the peace Fle- officer with reckless driving and disregard for safety involved. So this is driving so like an asshole. I could I could like drive nicely, still evading a police officer, and it wouldn't be this. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, this has to be really bad. So I'm going to say like five grand at least. A thousand dollars. Okay. Thousand bucks. Probably, and then there's probably like sixty so days. So what in you're jail. telling me is that there are some really worse things out there that are costing the same amount as having correct a muffler right. too loud. Willfully driving the wrong way on a divided highway and causing injury or death. And willfully, willfully driving the wrong way on the freeway. And I'm gonna killing go right someone. down this exit ramp and I'm gonna enter the wrong way, man. And then you kill someone. And I'm gonna try to kill someone. Right. I like the fine in that one probably doesn't matter because I'm sure there's a lot of jail time involved. <laughs> but I'm gonna guess based on the theme, a thousand dollars. It's a thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. All right. Last one: transporting explosives <laughs> through a local route, congested areas with un- unenclosed, uncovered loads while smoking or having <laughs> or having an open flame. So. This one, all I can picture is like the like LP gas delivery guy who's also a big redneck. No, nope, that would be that would be right because it's unenclosed and uncovered load. So this oh, is you're right. This, this is, is a, literally like a barrel of gasoline <laughs> in your pickup truck for some reason. No, this is a box truck full of dynamite. <laughs> But without the lid. Like, yeah, it's, it's the just door, open. The door's just, just, open, open, just open. And there's a guy smoking right next to it <laughs> as he's driving. He's just holding a blowtorch for some reason. Just, hey, the fine says, what, $1,000? It's $1,000. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You got it right. That's that's wonderful. So wow, you can transport explosives while smoking, and it is the same fine as... I wonder, like, because all laws, as we've mentioned before, are written because of a situation, right? Right, right. That Somebody- wouldn't be on the books unless... Someone did something. Well, this is probably back in the day. Someone had like a horse cart, and they were smoking a pipe, and they had a bunch of nitroglycerin. I'm thinking in like little okay, glass jars on the back it. of the thing. I was thinking more like transporting a, a crap ton of fireworks, maybe, and there you smoking. Go. And the cop is just like, 
what are you doing? Not only is this illegal, you're smoking. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a law for this. Anyway, all right, back to the back to the serious topic at hand. Okay, yes. so I called Phil Tang's office. Who is so? The, yeah, remind us who Phil okay. Ting is. Phil Ting is the guy that wanted to he's pass. A, he's a representative. He's the assemblyman from California. Okay. He's in the district that is San Francisco. Okay. okay, and he's the guy that wants to ban all co- all combustion engines by 2040. Right now, that law was suspended. Yeah. Okay. And then this I, was earlier last year. This, this was last came year. About. Yep. So he wasn't able to get that passed. Okay. So he's the one in charge of the budgetary committee, and also um, Jay Oblernolte, who okay. is the vice chair of the budgetary committee. Now, both of these guys are named on the petition. All okay. Right. All right. So on the petition of the guy we heard from. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Cool. On the petition of the guy we heard from. Now, neither one of them, when I called had any idea this was going on. Now, Jay knew something was going on because his Instagram was getting lit up oh, by, by people. Just really, really rude, immature stuff. People just right. attacking him on social media. You know what people do. They try to burn people alive on social media. Well, it's so, easy on social media. All I you wish, have to do is type at your computer and exactly. you're everywhere. So I was basically trying to figure out, hey, what's going on with Phil Ting? What's sure. going on with Jay? Or I should say Assemblyman. Um, Overall, he, he deserves better than Jay. Um, trying to find out, hey, you guys why, are best did buds you, now. why did you guys pass this? And they both had no idea what that I was, was talking about. That None. it was a big deal. They didn't know about the petition. They didn't know about the social media. They didn't know about the video You know, being viewed 100,000 times. They had no clue, which means what? No one is actually calling them. Nobody called. 200,000... If you want to think about it, there's probably between two and 300,000 people that right. have engaged in either social media or this petition, and zero have picked up the phone. Have picked up the phone to call your representative. Do it. Zero. None. So, and, and it wasn't like they were hard to get a hold of. No, they were very nice. Well, I say I'm media when I call, so then I get like a special person, like I get the communications yeah, but still, director. But you'll even be when, able to talk to someone. Even when they didn't know I was media, they still like were like, hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. I'll right. look into that for you, blah, blah, blah. And it was great. So anyway, um, I talked to the communications director for Phil Ting, and I actually ended up uh, talking to Jay, the assemb- uh, Assemblyman Obernolte. So I do have his interview here. Okay. If you want to go ahead and play that, we talked about this bill. Um, and he's, uh, he's in charge of District 8033, okay. which is just east of Los Angeles. So it covers, um, I think that's probably Big Bear up there, and then all of the high desert, all the way to the Nevada and the Arizona borders. So why don't you go ahead and play this interview? Good. How's it going, man? Good. It's a it's it's, it's a pleasure having you. you. Yeah, you too. So I uh, I've been looking into this AB eighteen twenty four quite a bit, and it's been like a kind of like a rabbit hole that I've been going down, trying to figure out what's been going on with this thing that was kind of shoved into this budget bill. What can you tell me about it? Well, it's an omnibus bill. Uh, those are when a quite a few different uh, provisions of law that they want to change. Uh, are put into one bill because they're perceived to be uncontroversial. So uh, it's actually quite common. So it turns out this one is pretty controversial. (laughs) Yep, that's what I understand. Okay, so um, do you have any, have you kind of gone back and looked at this particular part of the bill? Yes, I have. Okay, what are your thoughts on on it in specific? Well, I mean, let me read you from, uh, this is in the digest, which is the, the part of the bill above the actual bill text that, uh, that basically summarizes what the bill does. Sure. So the digest says, existing law requires every motor vehicle subject to registration to be equipped with an adequate muffler in constant operation and properly maintained to prevent any excessive or unusual noise and prohibits a muffler or exhaust system from being equipped with a cutout bypass or similar device. 
so what the bill, that was already existing state law before 1824. Right. What 1824 did was to move uh, the violation of that part of the law from something that could be addressed with a fix-it ticket to something that uh, would result in the issuance of a fine. And the fine is uh, right now about $197. So... The uh, so the the outrage then is might be a little bit misfounded because everybody thinks the fine is a thousand dollars because um, basically we had a California Highway Patrolman give out a ticket for a thousand dollars or say he was giving out a ticket for a thousand dollars on Instagram and then that went viral. Um, now everybody's freaking out that there's a thousand dollar mandatory fine for this. Now do we know why it changed from being a fixed ticket to a mandatory ticket? Well, the rationale for changing it was that. Uh, just issuing the fixing tickets wasn't sufficient to uh, incentivize people not to do it. Uh, and I think that if you look at the text of the digest, that's not something that any reasonable person, I think, would look at and say, oh, yeah, that's something we should allow. We should allow people to, uh, to, to cut the muffler out of their system, and that should be lawful. So, I mean, I think you can, you can see why the, the vote, there was, wasn't a single no vote against it in the assembly last year. Right, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's reasonable to assume that uh, anybody cutting out their muffler should be illegal. Um, but I think what people are seeing it as is attack on the automotive culture in general, mainly because of you know the way that the video was presented with the way that the highway patrol officer um, presented the ticket was saying that he was under a federal grant to pursue people with this, uh, with this AB 1824 law in order to curb street racing. So it seems like it was... Um, being used in a different way that was maybe originally unintended by the law, like someone was maybe manipulating the original intent for different purposes. And I think that's what's making everybody upset. Okay, I have not seen that video. This is a state bill, not a federal bill, so I'm, I'm not aware of the federal grant program that you're referring to. Uh, certainly the intent of the bill, I can tell you from my own point of view, was not to uh, attack the car culture. I'm a car guy. I, I don't know if you know that, but... No. Uh, I'm a car enthusiast. My first car was a 1971 Mach 1 that I uh, rebuilt the engine on at 351 Cleveland. Uh, we put uh, an Edelbrock intake manifold, hooker headers on it, and a four-barrel holly carb on it. And uh, so, I mean, I'm I wish you would have come back and said those hooker headers wouldn't be legal <laughs> under this <laughs> mandate. Yeah, I don't know. They might. I'm 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 a car guy. I, sure. I, recently, I had a car we took down uh, on weekends to Palm Springs to track it. So, you know, I, I, the, attacking the car culture is the last thing that I'd want to do. Right. Um, so what I want to just make clear is that this isn't a bill that was specifically passed to get after the car community, is what you're saying. No, and it's also, uh, I think it needs to be said, that this is an omnibus bill. So this one provision of the bill, that was just one of many, many different provisions. Okay. Uh, for example, there's a provision in there to uh, improve oversight for veterans' homes. There's a provision in there for... Uh, uh, working with counties uh, for uh, for uh, county planning. There's a, a provision in there for restitution to victims of crimes. So th this is the way that things often work in the legislatures, that this is a bill with many different sections, and this is just one section that we're talking about. And another point I'd really like to make is that this is why it is so important for us to have a dialogue on these issues before bills pass. Uh, we were completely unaware that anyone would find this particular provision uncontroversial. And it, I'm sorry, controversial. And if you look at a plain reading of the text of the bill, it certainly doesn't seem like it attacks the car culture in any way. So right. uh, I really wish that we had had this discussion 
in the months that we were debating the bill before it passed rather than waiting until it becomes law and then dis discovering that there's a problem. It's just as frustrating for us as it is for the communities that, uh, that are affected. I think what the issue is here is that the California, I did call and interview the California Highway Patrol, and they, it seems like they do plan to use this to try and curb street racing. Um, he talked a lot about this uh, profiling street racers, uh, street racing deaths, and using this law to help you know pull people over, see what's going on. And I think the fact that it will be used to kind of go after the car community is what's really making people angry. I don't even think it's the mandatory fine. I don't think it's the fact that you know we can't have loud cars or modify exhaust. I think that it's being used as a uh, kind of like a ruse to try and uh, get their way with with street racing. And I think part of the reason that that seems so weird is that there's only been 179 street racing deaths from 2003 to 2012. And for example, something like uh, DUIs or speeding or any of this other stuff has a much larger impact in, in terms of deaths and mortality. So it just seems a little disingenuous to be manipulating the bill for different ends than it was originally intended. Well, it's, if that was the intent of the bill, it was never one that was communicated to any of us any time during the legislative process. And, uh, you know, I also have to say, it's really not a defensible position for any of us to come out and say, you know what, we are for street racing. Right, right. right. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's uh, I think, another impediment. Yeah, well, I think that you have a lot of people that don't street race. You know, I think that's a very, very small minority of the people that do sideshows and street racing and stuff like that. And, you know, one bad apple spoils a whole bunch, right? So you have regular car guys drive around that just like to modify their cars and wrench in their garage just like you do. And then they get kind of lumped in with all these other people and they get pulled over or they get a ticket or whatever. And it just doesn't seem fair. Well, but if they get a ticket for modifying their exhaust system in an unlawful way, uh, why is that something that the car community would be upset about? I mean, there, there are plenty of ways to modify exhaust systems to increase performance in ways that are still in compliance with California law. And when we, when I rebuilt my Mustang, we had, you know, I still had to go smog it after I was done with it. Right. So uh, why is that such a big problem? I don't think that is the problem inherently in itself. I think it's the fact that um, the, the bill is being used to kind of profile and go after the community. That's how it's being viewed. And as you see, there's now been a petition that has, now as of today, it's 191,000 views on, uh, on, I'm sorry, 191,000 signatures on petition or change.org. Um, so somebody's gonna wanna see some change. I know that they're planning a protest and we're gonna have somebody on the podcast uh, later this evening gonna be talking about the protests that they're putting together. Um, is there anything that you're willing to do to kind of like revisit this law and make sure that it's not being used in a way that uh, is kind of going after the car community? Or is there anything we can do to help clarify this? Sure. You know, I think that you'll find the legislature very willing to work with the car enthusiast community to make sure that the uh, that it's not used to profile uh, car enthusiasts. I don't think that was the intent. Uh, uh, but, you know, by the same token, I think that we should all be able to agree that it's reasonable for society to have standards of how much a car can emit and how much noise a car makes, right? And so, uh, you know, I, I think that, that that's also a reasonable thing. So if if the law needs to be changed to make sure that it's not used to profile car enthusiasts, I think that's something the legislature would be very willing to do. Sure, and I think the most disturbing part of all of this for me is that with 90,000 views of that Instagram video and 191,000 signatures on that petition, I was the only one that called. They called the, the, the Highway Patrol? I called the Highway Patrol. I called you guys. And, and when I called, 
there'd already been 170,000 signatures on this petition. And I called your office and, and uh, Assemblyman Ting's office, and they had no idea what was going on, which meant that I was the only one that had called. And I found that really disappointed that more people hadn't called their, uh, their representative to find out what was going on. Sure, I, I share your disappointment. And you know, in that same vein, this is a discussion I wish we had had before the bill passed, because frankly, if we needed to tweak the language to that bill, that section of the bill, to make it clear that it couldn't be used as a tool to target the car enthusiast community, that would have been a time when it would have been easiest to do. I, and, and you know, that, that's why we need to have a discussion as these bills are in process and not wait until after they, uh, they're codified into law to have the discussion. Sure, it's a little more difficult now to revisit, of course, but hopefully that uh, we can all get together as a community and, and make this happen for everyone and make it a positive experience. Yeah, I hope so too. All right, I appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot. I'll uh, I'll let everybody know what you had to say. Okay, thanks. Take nice care. to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Bye-bye. There you have it. So he was pretty amical about the whole thing, um, especially since, you know, knowing he's a car guy, kind of knows. Yeah, I like that. At least he kind of gets it versus an assemblyman that, you know, grew up in who, wherever and then just went into law school and never touched or drove a car and doesn't do anything. So right. um, I actually, actually like uh, like Assemblyman Overnalls. He actually has a video game company, too, which I think is pretty cool. That is uh, very is, cool. Which, which is right up my right up my alley. So um, the, the moral of that story is, you know, Call, he, he seemed disappointed that it was being used in such a way, but also basically says, hey, you, there needs to be some law. So what you need right. to be, There needs to be some sort of compromise. There needs to and, be some and, standard. And this needs to be revisited. And it's not going to be revisited unless everybody in California calls. And here's why. I guess it's probably well, – I'm from Minnesota. Why do yeah, I care? Why do we care? Because California kind of sets the gold standard for this kind of thing. This kind of mandatory fine and targeting of, of the car culture – isn't something that exists in all 50 states. I've seen these kind of maps drawn out. They're like, oh, hey, you know, there's noise laws everywhere. What's the problem? Right. No, it's when you target, when you're using a specific law as the way it was not intended to target a certain group that you don't like. I'm not a big fan of that, especially when it's you're targeting a minority group that somehow gets tied in with this huge group of car enthusiasts. And it's not right. and it's not fair. I don't I don't like that. So hopefully that everybody will get together and call their you know, the representative out there. So I do have one more clip. Okay. And this is from, um, this is Phil Ting's communication rep. So I talked to her a little bit. They didn't seem to know anything about right. 1824. But we did talk a little bit about AB40, which is the new law that they're going to be getting together to ban combustion yeah. engines. So the first law didn't pass. This is the second law. Now, this is really, really really important if this passes in california and they say hey which is the biggest car market in this in, the, in this in the, in the country yep. so if they pass a law that says combustion engines are going to be banned at x time the rest of the states will follow suit right so this matters well, and not only that manufacturers are going to be focusing on their prime 100%, audience 100%. so they just won't build and them one of the reasons why i guarantee you one of the reasons why someone like volkswagen's be like hey the next generation's car we do this is the last of the combustion engines is because of bills like this that are coming Right. So this is really, really important to pay attention to. And it's going to come. It's coming. Whether you want it or not, this is going to happen. So um, why don't you play the clip? And I talked to, talk to the representative a little bit about what I think has to be done for enthusiasts when associated with this stuff. Go ahead. So we introduced AB40, which is kind of a step back from complete ban. So first we're going to ask the state. One, one of those agencies, we would charge them with coming up with a plan to 
to go all electric by 2040. Okay. And then if the plan looks good, then we, you know, and it's doable and implementable, then, you know, we would do another bill that would get us there. So we're kind of doing a two-step process this time instead okay. of just all out. Is there going to be so, any provision in any of these bills for um, kind of keeping the heritage of motoring and a car automotive enthusiasm alive? Well, that's a good point. I don't think anybody's ever brought that up. I think that that's something that needs to be talked about because we have, you know, motoring in in the last century has been something that's really defined American culture and having being able to wrench on your cars, work on your cars, go to the racetrack, drive, travel, all that stuff has been a real core facet of America. And, you know, with with the first step of the combustion engine and, and obviously that being gone, leading to electric cars and technology and automotive driving, that's kind of going to be going away, I think. So I want to make sure that there's something in place that makes sure that the heritage is kept alive. Because if you look at what's happened with horses, for example, it's something that's only reserved for the rich people, right? Only the rich and wealthy have horses. (laughs) You know, it's very expensive. And I want to make sure that that doesn't happen for regular people because, you know, there's regular, you know, regular guys that don't have any money that love wrenching in their garage with their their son or daughter. So I want to make sure well, that that culture doesn't die. So, Well, as you know, Chris, this is just the beginning. Yes. Uh, you know, and there's a multi-step process in order for a bill to become law. And then in that process, people put in their, you know, their feelings and, and opinions. And that's a chance to change or amend a bill. And so that's what's great about, you know, the legislative process is people do get input. And honestly, I don't think I heard that argument. And I think... You need to enlist some Californians to kind of put their two cents in. Yeah. So basically, what can what can Californians do to uh, to be heard in this regard? Well, um, you know, you can also you can always keep up with AB forty. Yeah, you can. That's is that it? That's it. That's it. Okay. So basically, you can go on AB. You can go on their website, and you can actually get updates on what's going on with certain bills, which I didn't know, which is cool. But anyway, moral of the story so far is. Nobody is telling these people their concerns. Correct. Going on Instagram and flaming some guy about this law doesn't do anything. Right. You need to call them. You need to call them. Anyway, so I don't want to beat everybody to no, death I know, over but it. But it's just, that is the resounding theme is like, we find this so flabbergasting, and yet they're like, oh, no one's even mentioned that to us. Nobody's why called. Would, this why was would we done, consider that? This was done in like June. Yeah. It was put on the floor in April and done in June. Right. So this it was basically six months, and as soon as someone got a ticket, they went, oh, my God. Um, so someone just says, SEMA, where are you in the chat? Now, yes. I know that SEMA has been working with them. Uh, they did make an update on their website that is basically what the kind of like the fact check of this entire thing. Okay. So if you want to read that, you can go check it out. They are active in what's going on. I'm going to try and get a hold of them. I sent them an email, but I didn't hear anything back. I want to hear what SEMA has for content. Uh, for comment, that's 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 a really good point. Now, hey, I want to get into um, something. So the the limit is ninety five decibels, right? right? Which the assemblyman did say, you know, there needs to be some level here, right? We can't just have everyone going open exhaust. Open I don't want to hear. It. I don't. Right. Want, I don't even want to hear my car when I'm trying to watch a TV show, <laughs> or or eat dinner with my family. It's just and you don't okay. want to, you don't want to be pounded with this stuff all right. the time, especially not in so, residential areas. So, so where do we set that level, Chris? I think it's ninety five is probably. So here's the way they measure this. I didn't say this. Um, yeah. Well, we didn't play this clip. We no, should, let's play this one. Okay, let's play. So what I did is I called the bar and I pretended that I got a ticket and I wanted <laughs> to know what the process was for right. um, going through and getting my car tested. Go ahead. Good morning, Department. 
Environment and Consumer Affairs. This is Greg. How can I help you? Hey, Greg. I've got a vehicle. I was ticketed for an exhaust violation. I just want to know what to expect when I come in to see the referee. Um, when did you get the ticket? A couple did you, did you before. Yeah, it was after a couple days ago. Oh, okay. So it was in January. Okay. Yeah. Well, the referee uh, essentially that that is from is going to be actually a violation. Now you're going to have to actually pay a fine. Right. Um, yeah. I, so I, correct. But I still want to have the car tested. You're going to have to have it tested. Yes. Yeah, so you just make the make the appointment with a smog check referee, and they will basically uh, do a, a decibel meter or a sound check on it. Now is that to, why the to, I'm to, just trying to figure out is that why the car is just idling or is it on a dyna, dynamometer? No, it's, 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 it's off. Yeah. It's, it's, it's supposed to be tested at um, two thirds of the maximum RPM of the vehicle. Is what it's tested at. Okay. So in your you know so most vehicles it's around you know between three and four thousand RPM. Wow. And is is where it's tested at. Okay. Um, is it uh, like, um, is it how far away from the muffler is it? I mean, is there, do we know? I believe it's it's either, it's 10 inches and it's supposed to be at a 45 degree angle. It's supposed to be in line, basically in line with the, the height of the exhaust system, but it's not, you know, it's not straight behind. It's supposed to be, I believe, at a 45 degree angle and it, I believe it's 10 inches. All right. Do you know how much this, uh, this fine is? I have been told that it's a thousand dollars. Okay. Um, all right. I, I appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot. All right. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, again, first again, of all. $1,000. Well, again. and no one knows. Here's the deal. I've been told. What, I believe what? it's 1000 10 inches. That's this. Right. This. This. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, that's not far. Right at the muffler level. 10 inches away at... A 45-degree angle, so at like at seven, your bumper, right? Yeah, so right at, pointed right at your your muffler, and it's 75% of the red line of the car. Yes, so you're sitting there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and they're measuring it. I find it hard to believe that any sport-tuned car, stock or aftermarket, exactly. is going, because here are some things that are 95 decibels. Okay, okay? so this is what is too loud. This, these are things that are considered too loud. Okay, okay. They, they're, they're bothering the community. They're too loud. Okay. okay. Lawnmower. Okay. <laughs> Your lawnmower is 95 decibels when you're riding around on it. But that is considered loud. I mean, 95 decibels is the, at prolonged exposure, it causes damage. Okay. That's, I'm assuming that's why they picked that number is because it's 95. Because sure. you see people wearing like headphones driving around on the lawnmower. Right. Yeah. It's loud. It's, it's loud. Your ears will be ringing okay. if you mow an acre on your riding lawnmower with no okay. earmuffs. Um, some other things. Kitchen blender. Your blender is too Your loud. Your blender is too loud. Um, arc welder. How does an arc welder make that much noise? Just the going off the list. This is from okay, the, go the hearing the hearing group of America or whatever. Um, squeezy toys. <laughs> <laughs> so my dog in the room with his squeezy toy over there. Yeah. Well, think about how loud a squeezy toy is when you squeeze. It's pretty loud. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It. Um, a diesel truck at fifty feet. At fifty at feet. Fifty feet. Okay. So no diesel truck. We just eliminated diesel trucks. Period. I, right, we're thinking fifty feet this, versus we're thinking, ten inches. <laughs> yeah, basically. Right. Yeah, but but these are work trucks. It's I much di- more difficult to whatever. You can't you can't attack the commercial industry because of the the. Why not? That's a vehicle registered for the road. It doesn't matter if you start attacking business. People are going to freak out. There was no part they, in the law that it, says oh, except for industrial vehicles. Yes, it is. It says six thousand pounds and up is exempt. Okay. Okay. So stuff that's six thousand. Okay. I got you. I didn't realize that. Yep. Um. I probably know more about this bill if you want to ask any questions. <laughs> gotcha. I, at this hey. point, I've kind of got it figured out. Hair dryer. 
A hair dryer, hair which dryer. by the way is usually closer than ten inches to your ear, right? right? Yeah, it's usually well, I don't know, you just hair dryer like this. No, I don't. Arms all I don't out? use a hair dryer anyways, but yeah. no, no. So uh, maybe if my wife uses the hair dryer more, she won't be able to hear me. Maybe that's what she's going for. <laughs> Um, a 737, three miles from takeoff, flying right over your head. Three miles. Three miles. So, like, if you live anywhere near an airport. You're subjected to this on a daily basis. Okay. Okay. Um, garbage disposal. A subway oh. train at 200 feet or inside a subway car. So, okay. all those commuters in are, a subway car. Are just getting deafened. A train whistle at 500 feet. A convertible okay. ride on the highway. Okay. The city, a loud, loud city, bustling city noise inside your car, or a busy, loud restaurant. So these are all things that are give or take about five decibels. Okay. Sure. You know, from a hundred to ninety. A lawnmower is actually a hundred decibels. Okay. So, but the way that decibels work is every decibel above that one, yeah. I think, is like it's, it's logarithmic. Per, yeah. So, so it's, it gets it's twice not... as loud. Like if you go ninety to ninety-five, ninety-five is twice as loud as ninety. Something like I don't know the exact. I don't increment. know either, but I know it's considered logarithmic, so it's not a, a linear. Right. Scale. Right. right. I know it in terms of speakers have a decibel efficiency rating. Okay. So if uh, the more efficient a speaker is, like if it's 98 decibels efficiency versus 100, the 100 is going to make more power or it's going to be louder at the same wattage. Sure. So it's it's logarithmic, like you said. Anyway, so those are all things that are 95 decibels. Wow. So, so that, the fact that a, a blender. My car a- is louder than a blender. I can tell you that right yeah, now. Exactly. I'm thinking my stock Tahoe is louder than a blender. That's what I'm thinking. There are a lot of stock cars that are just, especially when you're revving at 4,000. Have you ever had someone just like sit on the throttle at 4,000 and then you go around to the back of the bumper? That's louder than a blender. It's loud. All right, so one more clip, and this is requested by Jess, my, my wife, because I showed it to her earlier today. This is the woman talking about street racing in California <laughs> in her neighborhood. This yes, it's up in yes. the Meg sent main segment notes there. Now this woman is awesome. I um, you should probably I'll post this in the show notes if you want to see this video. But it's pretty good. Let me know when you're all set. Yeah, just give me a second here. And so this is uh, CHP introducing specialized training to combat illegal SJ street racing. Okay, here it is. We're at the Almaden Ranch Shopping Center. This is just off Cherry Avenue, where evidence of an earlier sideshow is easy to see. And while the people responsible might consider this fun, it is illegal. And for people living nearby, it's frustrating. It's hard to sleep if it happens at night. A high-pitched screeching sound Marilyn Rogers says now happens at any time of day. <laughs> no, can, you, can you just play that sound one more time? Let me, let me, let me get it right here, right here, right here. It's illegal, and for people living nearby, it's frustrating. It's hard to sleep if it happens at night. It's, <laughs> a high-pitched... <laughs> and to, to, for it's people that can't see the... It's hard to sleep if it happens at night. It's, <laughs> She's got to be like 85, 90 years old. And she's, she's 90. She's smiling and laughing. She, she is, yeah. She's a peach, by the way. But yeah. Can I, I want to fast forward to the end here where they interview her again. And she obviously doesn't think it's like that big of a deal. Some place to go and have fun. I understand. Hold, hold up. Close to the action, which is why those in the South Bay want it out of their neighborhoods. They need some place to go and have fun. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> they need some place so to go and have fun. like, this is terrible. We need to put a stop. And, and the lady's like, well, they need some place to go to have their she's fun. She's just like, they need some place. <laughs> all right. So that's that's all I've got for this entire thing. Um, I have like some other stuff, too, but I don't want to bore people to death. 
about this stuff. So what's our so, takeaway, Chris? Call your state legislature if you don't like something. We all have to... So what? Okay, what is the, the danger in this? I'll okay, play. I'll pose that. Right. Here's the. Let me just so say. What? Here's the takeaway. Okay, this stuff is going to keep happening, and your your rights and your ability to participate in the car culture is going to keep shrinking. Okay. Because these guys generally, even uh, the assemblyman, that's a car guy, doesn't necessarily. He's certainly not in the majority if he is in California. Right. So you've got a bunch of Democrats there that don't care about your car. Right. They do not care. Well, not only. Let, let not, me finish. They don't care about your car at all. So what they're going to do is they're going to keep chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. And pretty soon you're going to wake up one day and there's going to be either you're not going to be able to drive your car. There will be areas where you can't drive your car. You won't be able to go out on the Pacific Coastal Highway because it won't be allowed. You won't be able to go up to, uh, what is it, Angel's Crest or where everybody goes and drives up there. It won't be allowed. You won't be able to drive in, uh, in parks or state parks, any of this kind of stuff. And it's all going to be slowly taken away. And that's going to happen no matter what. Okay, this is all going to happen. But what we need to do is we need to make sure that there's some sort of provision for us in the future. There, just Like I said to, to the assemblyman, this is such a big part of our culture and our history in America. The freedom to travel, the freedom to go when, where, and how you want has been in existence for over 100 years. Even when there was horses, people could just go do whatever they wanted. But this is going to be the first time in society where that is going to be kind of a gray area. You're not going to be able to go in certain areas. Only automated cars can go here. Only people can do this at these times. So all this stuff is going to start going away unless we say, hey, we need something carved out in this for us. Whether it's on the weekends, those laws don't aren't aren't in existence. You can drive your classic car that's a combustion engine on the weekends. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever the compromise is, there has to be something carved out for us. We have to fight for that because if we don't fight for it. They're not going to put it in there for us. It's right. they're not going to do it. They're not going to go. Oh well, that guy's got a, a seventy two nine eleven with no catalytic converter. We better put this thing in the bill so that guy can drive it around. Right. They would vastly prefer that I don't drive my car. They'd rather I drive around a Prius or a Volt or a Tesla. They would vastly prefer that. I'll I'll go one step further in what you said previously. You know, it's not that they don't care about us as car guys. They don't. They can't even acknowledge. They don't know, right? The fact that when we talked to Assemblyman Ting's representative, and she said, "Oh, I didn't even think of that." No one brought up the fact that, "Oh, we should think about car guys and the fact that they might want to drive their they classic would have, cars." They would it have, doesn't occur. It doesn't even compute to them. They don't because they don't care. It's not. It's not right. even on their radar. It, it didn't occur to them. And what they don't realize is that. This this entire reaction to this this little Instagram video that came out is because people are so they are white knuckle holding on to this right now. Every single car guy knows and feels it. We can all feel it, right? Volkswagen not going to be doing combustion engine anymore. Teslas all over the place. Electric cars, no emotion, no sound, no no senses being being invigorated other than the water in your ears going back when someone floors a Tesla, right? All these things. <laughs> it's all going away. It's all basically spiraling down the drain. And what we need to do is reach out and make sure there's something carved out for us to make sure that we can not only have that for ourselves, but for the next generation that can still experience something like that. Yeah. And anyway, that's that's all I will, I will rant on that. So hopefully that'll make rant of the year for 2019. For it <laughs> wasn't right? even anything I did. I know. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, they can go ahead and ban Nissan Murano convertibles. Oh, hey, no. And I would be and I would be fine. <laughs> with that all right so let's get into um do we want to play a voicemail yeah we do have a, a listener voicemail here and this is actually one that we'd heard from before this is larry velez you had a question for us they'll just go ahead and play 
Crest team, Larry Velez again. This time I'll keep it short. I want to send you guys a quick thought I was having, I've been having the past couple of days, that uh, I think anyone who gets into German cars, uh, you know, Volkswagen, BMW, that whole family, this annoying thing happens, at least annoying to me, that even if you don't like the Porsche 911, all roads in this German car world lead to that car. And it's kind of a really annoying thing because even if you don't like the car, it has the best community, it has, you know, the best awareness and writings and movies and everything. The community, everything about it is, is the most enthusiastic. So if you, even if you try to love your, your MK216 valve as much as you do, the community's not there, the aftermarket's not there. It's just, it's, it's an uphill battle with, with almost all the other cars. Um, so I just found that it was it was annoying. I thought you guys might find it interesting to to, to maybe discuss wh what does that mean that all roads lead to that car and does it make it you know overhyped, okay. overvalued? So I get what he's saying, mm -hmm. but I still, as a Porsche guy, I still care about the Mark II 16 valve GTI. Right. I understand what but, he's saying, but it, people would say like, oh well, 911 is better than a Volkswagen Mark II Golf. It is. As a car, as a function, it is better. It also, like, if you look at a new Golf so R. So you're just saying just objectively. Objectively, it is better. But it depends on, there's more to it than what's better as a car. Okay. I don't. I would not say that the Porsche community is better than the Volkswagen community. Because the Volkswagen community is huge. And there's a lot of people out there that do shows. They get together. Right. They help each other out. The Porsche community is a little bit more picky and choosy. They still do stuff. They still drive their cars. But it's just a different group. I don't think... I don't get it's into this... probably not as approachable for your average GTI owner either. Probably, you know what I mean? Probably not. Because but the crew of guys at a Porsche... Well, just look at like our Porsche local, you know... Groups. It's, what it's local older groups? guys. What local groups? There's nothing Nordstern. here. There's nothing. There's nothing here. They don't. The Nordstern guys don't even pay attention to me. I go and they're like, oh hey, and they all of a sudden they're like, oh, as soon as they find out that I work for Triple Zero oh, or I'm I work sure. for Panorama, then yeah. it's oh hey, right? Because hey, you're buddy, just some young guy. Hey, chum, would you like right. to join our club? Oh, and they're like, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Right. So it's so it, that's what I'm talking about. It's the older guys, and it's not a yeah. Right, so I, I don't think this is necessary. So yes, the the Porsche the is a natural scene. evolution for German cars. That's fine, but that doesn't mean that everything else sucks. Right, I don't I, would agree I don't, I don't describe to that. Anyway, all right, let's let's move on to some news. So I went and found uh, a bunch of news. What do we do with the news, Chris? Oh, we scour the web for the best automotive news, automotive news, mm. so you don't have to. There you go. Yeah. So. Um, Speaking of Volkswagens, the next Volkswagen GTI could have over 300 horsepower. And they're doing something that's really unique. That's something they haven't done before. Which is? They're doing a sport package. Okay. They're going to have a GTI, and then they're going to have a GTI Sport. Um, hmm. So the 2020 Golf will still be powered by a turbocharged 2-liter 4-cylinder engine, right. sending power to the front wheels, and either be mated to a new 8-speed dual-clutch wow. or 6-speed Manual transmission. Wow. Why? So we keep getting more gears in our gearboxes, especially in the automated or dual clutch, right? Why? What happened to CVT? Like at some point, there's just CVT is going to be just as good as 
57 gears in well, your gearbox. Well, it's because people don't like, they don't like it. If you notice any CVT, when you go drive it, it actually shifts. Oh, yeah, like they try to automate it they, to they simulate They try it to simulate it. It's right. Nobody likes the driving experience I know, but from a, a performance standpoint, if you're just trying to get at the optimal ratio and everything in between... I don't I don't think so. I mean, don't, don't you remember when we were talking to the... Ast- where we weren't talking to the engineer from Aston Martin, but we read an article about the engineer from Aston Martin saying okay. that, you know, a, a torque converter car is the most efficient thing that you can design it just is you know so they don't even like the sequential gearboxes right so um i think it's more about the driving experience than yeah, anything else and well, if, if you that's the case if, why do you need eight six speeds seem to work fine it, it helps economy yeah no it I helps know it acceleration does. times it's more efficient i agree okay well that's why you need it because they still have to meet the emissions requirements yeah. of the countries that they're selling the cars in so vw's four-cylinder engine in the mark seven and a half golf gti produces a respectable 220 horsepower but in the forthcoming gti the engine is expected to go up to 245 which is a healthy gain for golf enthusiasts who are craving even more they can opt for the performance package which bumps that power output to 300 a noticeable gain over the current golf's r's 288 okay so i was going to ask what the current golf r put down 288 288 i thought it was right at 300 so this is unconfirmed but basically right. it's probably going to happen because if you look at the, the civic type r mm. 300 horsepower the hyundai Velocitor n 275 and the 2019 subaru sdi is 310 horsepower but it doesn't matter because it's ugly it doesn't it, you can is it like a hatchback again that you no, like for some reason i like the hatchback better I the sedan looks dumb it's not a good looking platform to start with um if they're extrapolating a sport sedan from a car that doesn't look very good in the first place doesn't look good so who cares it could have 500 <laughs> horsepower and the nobody's SDI's gonna... had 300 horsepower since like day this, one so this is it has five more horsepower than last year. Okay. So it's okay. 310 instead of 305. So they're just they've jacked they it up. haven't been doing the same inflation of horsepower thing that everyone else is doing. Right, right. So anyway, so that's what's going on with so, the GTI. Okay. So yeah. I, I don't know if that's the last generation. Is the Mark 8 the last or is it the Mark 9? So I remember when, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know that, but I know like the next engine platform or the next like. What do they call it? The, the next family of engines. That's going to be the last. Okay. Yeah, well, this is still the similar engine. Exactly. So. All right. So we found um, an interesting kind of like statistic buried in um, latest car sales. Okay. So um, you, we, as we all know, the subcompact cars, premium sports cars, blah, 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 have all been tanking in sales, right? They right. just Everyone wants their crossover. Sub, subcompacts down 50. Premium sport car. 50 yep. large cars 41 entry luxury car 33 blah 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 you get into pickups pickups have gone up 14 percent. compact crossover suv up 75 percent. Right. but guess what guess what What's else that? is up 30 percent? the station wagon yes so the station wagon <laughs> is up 30 percent. um even though and i think there's probably a few different things that have to do with this i think that um <laughs> it's almost become like a a rarity to see a wagon, right? So right. I've told BM- you that before. BMW quit selling wagons, and Buick sells their what is it, the Regal wagon or something like that. I don't know what it's called. Hmm. I'm not sure, but it looks great. Yeah. And it's and the word is out that that they're siphoning sales from people that were buying BMW and leasing BMW wagons. No kidding. Are now buying the Buick, which is a great looking car. So anyway, that's what's going on with that. So awesome that is People awesome. are buying wagons or wagon sales are up you know 20 30 percent or whatever it is that's yeah nice. just as uh you know practical as a small crossover handles better probably well it's just about as efficient they're a horse apiece basically and they don't handle better well they handle better than a crossover but not that's a car. 
I thought you were saying oh. the Hannibal. No, I'm saying Biowagon, not a crossover. That's I would I would concur that that is a great plan. So um, I put this next story in here because you are a motorcycle guy a little bit, sure. at least. So what do you think that the new 2019 Harley Davidson Livewire costs? Now this is their electric bike. <laughs> I already looked at this and I didn't know anything about the Livewire. So basically, Harley Davidson is coming out this year with an electric motorcycle which should be first of all that was shocking to me like right. harley's part of the mainstay problem is no one's buying their bikes anymore right they need to do something because they're not that great they're, i mean unless you're just looking you want to be a harley people, guy people, there's people that just got out of their car and threw gasoline on it and lit it on fire harley guys are pretty hard no i like harleys don't get me wrong like i i, I like it why i like why harleys. do you like harleys it has the history it's so iconic i don't want a fully like loaded cruiser i want a stripped down bobber Sportster. I've been looking a lot, actually, for one. Okay. So there's a lot of things that have a lot of history and culture, but they suck. Like, Nazis have a lot of history and culture. That's not a way to define whether something's good or not. Why is a Harley-Davidson good? I'm still trying to figure out the <laughs> Nazi comparison. Harley guys wouldn't like that. That's true. That's true. They, Unless they're here's new. what I like about the Harleys. Okay. What do you I don't like, like the Harleys? bike. I like the culture that right. it brought up. What I ju- didn't I just say culture surrounding them? You said, well, the Nazis no, you have a lot of culture. No, you said the, uh, the history and the whatever. whatever Culture. Did you? I yeah. think so. Whatever. I anyway, I like the people. No, I okay. Yeah. Other than the ones that get, kill other people and do drugs, which I think is a very small minority of it. The hell oh, you, like the, the, oh, what is the TV show? Oh. Uh, with the guy. I have no idea. I don't remember. my wife the likes. <laughs> I have Hunter no idea. I have maybe? no idea. Anyway, what do you think this thing costs? Do you already know? I don't remember, but I looked it up, and it's really, really expensive. So they said it was going to come in at twenty grand, which okay. is like still like whoa, right? Like a, a nice BMW bike is what fifteen? Like yeah. a really nice bike, like top of the line, right. a killer bike is sure. fifteen. This thing cost thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> And 30 grand. I read some reviews after I found this. It's not a good bike. Really? It just doesn't handle well or what? It doesn't handle well. There's not that great a range. I forget what the range was on it. So, it, like, that doesn't make sense. And on a bike, like, a bike is light. You should have a good range with it. Right. It, no. 110 miles. Yeah, but a 13-mile range per hour charge. That's garbage. Yes, it is. But it does do 110 miles. Where are you going on your motorcycle? I mean, you're not. here's the thing. You're not taking this thing to Sturgis. Right. That's no, for sure. No, a lot of Harley guys and bike guys do this, though. A lot of what they do is road, road trips. Road trips. Yeah, they do a right. lot of exploring. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, 30 grand, insane. Yes, insane. it is. So um, next on the story list is... Now, this one, this is more California, right? This is like... This is quintessential... California. Um, new laws in California say that women and men must be charged the same for car insurance. Okay. Carmen Balber, the executive director of the Consumer Watchdog Group, said, gender and sex have no more place in what we pay for audio auto insurance than race or ethnicity do. These new rules will finally end gender-based discrimination <laughs> in auto insurance pricing in California. So you know what this is doing? Let me show you all this data. We like to do data-driven decision-making. That's yeah. what you should do in a company. Right. Turn a blind eye. That's not, <laughs> was, that's not politically correct, I thought, Chris. I thought you were going to throw it out the window behind you. <laughs> like it's so stupid. They're just turning a blind eye to the data. Men, There's a reason that they're... Are, men, I, men are more competitive. They take right. more risks. Yep. They're generally fucking idiots. 100%. They are the, women aren't I out there I, street yeah. racing. Right. They're not out there putting... Did they you are. see Tokyo Drift, Chris? The, Did you see Tokyo Drift? There's exceptions to everything. But in general, men are the ones taking risks. They're the ones that do the road rage stuff. They're the ones that are aggressive and competitive and want to do like 
push and see how far things can go. Which is, it's just not something women do, which is why their insurance should be more expensive. 16-year-old Jake hated that. When he learned that, he was like, that's so stupid. I'm such a better driver than them. And then like four years later, I was like, I get it now. Yeah, because you had like 76 <laughs> speeding tickets. Yes. So I, this is this is dumb. So what this is going to do is this is going to make everybody's insurance more, more expensive. More expensive. Yes. It's just going to kind of even out. They're going to, whatever they're going to do, they're going to, they're going to, Change the the rates of the policies, and they're gonna just you know it'll they're gonna you're gonna pay the same, you know it's it's just how it's gonna be. So whatever it's it's stupid. All it is is like a a virtue signal. Hey, no men and women pay the same for blah blah blah. I know you know it is. You'd think that they were fighting for men because men are the one paying more right now. I don't know. It's it again. Is this really what we should be picking as our battle? This is what we need to focus on as a problem. No, 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 it's not. It is not. So, um, all right. So uh, next on the list is warming your car up now has been discovered to hurt your engine. This isn't new. I remember this yeah. a while ago, and it's very like there were so many different competing theories and like schools of thought on it. Right. Who, my my opinion is. Oh, see, here, here's what it says. The life of the components like piston rings and cylinder liners can be significantly reduced by gasoline washing away the lubricating oil. Not to mention the extra fuel that is used while the engine runs rich. Because right. you have a cold start cycle. Yes. Because your engine and you, is dead you cold. you can notice this. If you start your car up, it'll actually idle a little bit higher. It will. And then it'll drop down. Right. So what it's doing is it's because it's cold out. You need more gasoline in the fuel mixture. Yes, you do. I know. But that's not why it does it. Do you know this? The whole reason for this is to get your catalytic converters warm that's enough right. so that they can actually produce the catalyst so that it takes NOx and turns it into NO out the exhaust. So what you're actually doing is really running rich to the point where you're expelling fuel, unburnt right. fuel, right. out of the combustion chamber, and it ignites because you have secondary air injection well, right? I'm just going that off pumps of... air into your exhaust manifolds, and then it ignites right in front of your catalytic converters, and they get up to 2,000 degrees within 30 seconds, and then the idle drops down, and you go back to stoichiometric ratio. That's stupid. It's very stupid. But, it, but hey, it helps the environment. Sure. But, <laughs> but like that... you say, I know you're washing your cylinders, because now you have unburnt fuel right. in your cylinder... But guess what, Jake? What? I'm cold. <laughs> so it's like 8, 10 degrees outside. I'm warming that thing up. I don't care. It doesn't well, matter to me. You know, when I used to have uh, the old CIS rabbits and stuff, and even my 911 has this, they have a cold start injector, sure. which runs so off like of a, a – so there's a warm-up regulator that's bolted to the engine or mm-hmm. the intake manifold somewhere. And as it gets warmed – uh, as it gets warm, there's a spring in there that expands basically and changes the fuel pressure, but also will help um, – turn the, the cold start injector on or off. Right. So there's an extra injector. There's a fifth injector on a Volkswagen, or I guess it's a seventh, seventh on, a, on, a on a Porsche. So this isn't no, new. No, it's not new. I understand that. But here was what I was going to say. Um, there's a difference between when we're getting out in the morning and it's zero degrees in Minnesota, right? Yeah. So they want you just to turn it on and just drive because there's that's no way. better. There's right? no way I'm doing no. that with 2050 weight oil in my car when it's that's negative just 10. It. See, that's just it. This makes sense if you live in California and say, oh, I need to you know, let my car warm up for a while. No, you probably don't need to there. But you're going to break components and you don't have proper cylinder lubrication if, you're, if it's that cold out. Right. So I think this needs a disclaimer that says, okay, but not in Minnesota. If you're cold, Minnesota, do whatever you want. Up. Yeah, for sure. That or a block heater probably helps block heaters are nice yeah yep. until the corner of your block falls off <laughs> and it's no, then it's no all right what's up um so a man has driven his car into a porsche dealership due to breaking up with his girlfriend 
I did not see this one. You didn't see? <laughs> I did not see this one. What's going on here? All right, so this is really short. I just thought it was funny. When the officers questioned him, or let me, uh, a man has been charged after he drove a Porsche into the dealership late Monday because he was having a bad day following a breakup with his girlfriend. Did he drive a Porsche into the Porsche dealership? It doesn't say. I don't okay. think so. I think he just so he wasn't was like, pissed at the car or anything. No, police said they received a call just before 11 p.m. for reports of a car that had driven through a window of a Porsche dealership. Uh, when officers arrived, they located a car that had been driven through the front window. Police said the driver was then seen vandalizing cars inside of the dealership. Oh, wow. He went... I wonder if his his girlfriend was the manager or something. You'd think there'd be some connection <laughs> When there. officers questioned him, he later later reportedly told them that he was having a bad day because of an earlier breakup with his girlfriend and decided to crash into the dealership. The 20-year-old man was arrested and charged with dangerous operation of a motor vehicle, mischief, and over $5,000 of numerous highway traffic act offenses. His, I wonder if his muffler was loud as well. <laughs> Police said the damage to the window is valued around fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, and the damage to the cars is fifty to seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, no one was injured in the accident. That is a bad day. When you're saying you're having a bad diet day, so you go to vandalize Porsches. Yeah, I mean, like, how did, was he high? Were there, they didn't mention anything about substance? Yeah. Okay. So Tesla's being sued. Okay. A family of a fl- are you are you the first name on this lawsuit? No, I'm not. <laughs> the family of a Florida man who died in a high speed accident involving a Tesla has sued the automaker, alleging that his Tesla's battery was defective and the company was negligent when it removed a speed governor on the car. Uh, his According to the lawsuit, Edgar blah, 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 which was filed Tuesday in blah, blah, uh, his 18-year-old son was a front seat passenger in a 2014 Tesla S being driven by another person. Riley was driving southbound over 116 miles per hour Uh on Seabreeze Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale when he hit an adjacent wall. The Tesla came back into the road, hit a light pole on the opposite side of the street. The car then erupted into flames. Approximately two months before the crash, Riley received a speeding ticket on a Florida highway for traveling 112 in the same Tesla. Hold on, I'm going to pause. How does a Tesla burst into flames? There's no gas. I well, the batteries, if they the lithium batteries will burst into flames. If yeah, they get they do, they do they. like self-destruct. Right. Yeah, it's it's entropy at its finest. In fact, his parents had Tesla install a speed limit governor on the car that set the artificial top speed at 85. However, when the car was in at the Tesla service center, the governor was removed without the permission or knowledge of Riley's parents. Why would they set it at 85? Why didn't they just set it at 70? The elder uh, agrees so, Okay, that- so the parents put a limiter on the car. Right. And then they brought it in for service and, and it then wiped it out. it wiped it out when they did cool. an update, is sure. my guess. Okay. Um, the Tesla S battery was prone to extremely intense fires capable of being timely, incapable of being timely extinguished, mm-hmm. said the lawyer. I've been to at least a dozen worldwide reported cases. Blah, blah, blah. Our thoughts continue to be blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately, no car would have withstood a high-speed crash of this kind. Tesla's speed limit mode, which allows Tesla owners to limit their car speed and acceleration, was introduced as an over-the-air update last year in dedication to our customer's son, who tragically passed away in the accident. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so do you think you can sue? Didn't Porsche try this with the Paul Walker thing? You mean didn't Paul Walker's family try this with Porsche? Oh, yeah, sorry. Paul Walker's family tried to sue Porsche for making an unsafe supercar, basically. Yeah. It was settled out of court. But this isn't going to fly. I mean, you're... No, this is stupid. What happened to personal responsibility? How is this any different than, like, I don't know, if I take out my dad's car when I was 18 it's or not. wherever this guy was. And, it is Oh, I decided to go fast. My dad wouldn't sue Ford then and be like, well, you made the car go too fast. This is people just out for money. I so know. That's all it is. And, like, yeah, you feel bad for them that their son died. Yep. But... That's not the way to handle it. It's not the way the world works. No. Anyway, that's it.
we're done. That's all we got for today. Make awesome. sure you hop over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review with some words. We'd really, really appreciate it. Don't be selfish. If you like this podcast, your friends will too. Share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. We really appreciate it, guys. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Take care. Take care.